Hello and welcome to my podcast. This is your host, Scott. Welcome to my podcast, Coffee and Books, where, of course, we talk about everything under the sun here on this podcast. I want to thank you again if you're a new listener. Please don't forget to share with this podcast if you enjoy it or like it or talk about it on social media. I appreciate it. This is all done by me. So anything you can talk about, you know, with this, with other friends would be greatly appreciated. Today's topic, of course, is going to be a new direction we're going. It's a self-help direction. Uh, This book is called You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. It was written by Jen Sincero. Um, It was a number one New York Times bestseller. It sold two million copies. It came out a few years ago. Uh, So Jen Sincero basically writes these types of books. I've looked her up before. I know she has different books. I believe this was her first one. Uh, But she has everything on how to start making money and, you know, how to basically shape and change your life and make it more positive. And that's why this book is really important to me because I want to talk about it right now. Um, Mainly because I'm going through a lot of the same things that this book talks about. But also, I want to talk to you about what I thought of it. Alright, so You Are a Badass is a self-help book for people who desperately want to improve their lives but don't want to get busted doing it. In this refreshingly entertaining how-to guide, best-selling author and world-traveling success coach Jen Sincero serves up 27 bite-sized chapters full of hilariously inspiring stories, sage advice, and easy exercises, and the occasional swear word. Helping you to identify and change the self-sabotaging beliefs and behaviors that stop you from getting what you want. Uh, to create a life you totally love, and to create it now, and make some damn money already, the kind you've never made before. By the end of You Are a Badass, you'll understand why you are, and how you are, and how to love what you can't change, and how to change what you don't love, and how to use the force to kick some serious ass. Alright, so, uh, she's, she's a very interesting person. And so, before we go any further, and we go into self helps and all that, Spiel. I want to talk more a little bit about Jen Sincero. Uh, so, like I said, from the back cover, you can kind of gleam she's a life coach. Um, this kind of ties into a podcast I've been listening to uh, by the same guy who does Moneyball. He does a podcast also called Against the Rules. His name's Michael Lewis. Um, if you haven't checked that podcast out, you definitely need to. Uh, but basically, Michael Lewis has spent an entire season of his podcasting recently talking about how important coaches are, and how underdeveloped, you know, re- until recently, coaching was. You know, coaching was seen as something that was for athletes and was seen as something to help you get better. Um, but instead of thinking about it in terms of hippy dippy, I want you to think about it in terms of this way. If you're struggling with your life, why wouldn't you want to hire someone who can help motivate you, help help you be better, help you translate what goals you want into something attainable and achievable? You know, it's hard. Life's hard. You know, the expression that I've always learned as a kid was life's hard, get a helmet. But I think that's kind of playing it out of proportion. So what does this book talk about? Well, Jen, uh, like I said, is a life coach who spent years kind of talking to other people about it, uh, about helping them make their life decisions. But she also shares her personal stories, such as going to India and experiencing, you know, Indian culture over there on that part of the world. Um, She talks a lot about spiritual growth and development. She talks about the belief and faith and how important it is, but not in the faith in the sense of like a religion, but in faith in general. 
which I think is a very important distinction. So what is faith? Uh, faith is the belief in something. And, you know, for example, you know, I believe something is there even when I don't have evidence to prove it. Okay? That's the basis for a lot of religions, but it's also the basis for trust. And whatever you want to call it, however you want to think of it, we all typically believe in, well, something. You know, like whether that's the almighty dollar, whether that's God, whether that's just the universe, there's a word for it. There's something out there that drives you. And the key to living a successful life is finding what drives you, what motivates you. And so in these bite-sized chapters, she kind of gives over how to kind of let go of things you can't change, of course, and change the things that you know are bad habits. So what are habits? Well, habits are small, everyday things that we do that make up our life. And in particular, they make up the majority of characteristics of who we are. Like, we don't think about it, but little characteristics and little habits that we do every day are actually shaping the whole of our existence. And it can be self-sabotaging, even. So, anyway, when we go to different parts here, so we got part one, and these are the first five chapters. My subconscious made me do it. So, obviously, this chapter, we know it's going to talk about how we all come from a different background, where that background is, and why it kind of affects you the way it does. So, can't, you know, it's not like a cookie cutter situation, and it is different for everyone, but understanding where you came from is the first step to understanding how to get better. The G word. Okay, so obviously, being spiritual uh, is chapter two, the God word being a triggering word for some people. Uh, that's why I said it may take the shape of different things in your life. So it may not be the universe, it might be nature, it might be looking out and being inspired to do the goals you want because you have a soulmate who gives you that incredible feeling that you can do anything. There's just different ways to motivate yourself. Um, I think the main thing to know is that what some people call this powerful force differs. All right, chapter three, present as a pigeon. So this chapter is a funny story, which I'm not going to spoil for you, but I'm just going to say, you know, you want to be present in life and present in real time. You can't always be reflecting backwards. You can't always be reflecting forwards. Uh, chapter four is called The Big Snooze. So The Big Snooze is how most people go through life. And I totally relate to this. And I'll be the first one to admit that when my alarm clock goes off, I hit the snooze button. And that's no way to go through life. Constantly not dealing with reality, hitting the you know, snooze button on life, you know, eventually at some point you got to get out of bed. So we call it the big snooze because if you're not changing or not working towards your goals, you're just kind of staying in bed, hoping it changes and you can't stay in bed and hope life is going to change. You got to get out there and make it change. Okay. Self-perception is a zoo. I like this chapter a lot. This is chapter five. Self-perception is a zoo, meaning that everything that you self-perceive by yourself, you know, you can look at it from different ways, but the best way I think to look at it is as if you were a person who was looking from the outside. So pretend you are in a zoo and someone is looking in on your life. You know, pretend you're an alien and you're coming down to planet Earth and you're checking out, you know, humans for the first time. What are they going to individually find about you? So essentially you have no past 
to bring your experiences with because you're not human. So you need to look at life in the same way. You know, you can't judge a book based on everything that's already happened. You know, you got to be in the moment and read and understand it. Okay, so that's all part one, how you got this way. Part two, how to embrace your inner badass. Okay, chapter six, love the one you is. Um, I think that's kind of obvious, but just love yourself. Take care of yourself. There's only one you, and you can't rely on other people to take care of you. You got to be the one that takes care of yourself. Um, Chapter seven, I know you are, but what am I? Uh, So another, again, key point, knowing what other people are, but not judging them for it, but knowing what you are is probably more important than anything here. Chapter eight, what are you doing here? Um, Again, self-reflection, focusing on the goals at hand. Why are you in the spot where you're at? Is it something that relates to finances? Do you want a better job? Do you see yourself as having a house in life or getting married and finding your soulmate? You know, there's ways of looking at this saying, well, how did I get here? And more importantly, why are you here in this case? So for me recently, it's been, uh, like I said, I want to learn another language. Why do I want to learn another language? I want to learn another language so I can go to live in another country. Why do I want to live in another country? Because I think the experience would be very rewarding. And I want, you know, to go, not just because I you know, want to have the difficulty of learning a new language. I want to go because I want to share experiences with people and meet and gather new ideas. So you have to ask yourself if the thing that you want, you know, not whether or not it is attainable, you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? You know, if you decide you want to quit your job and be an actor, the first thing you should probably ask yourself, you know, is why do I want to be an actor so much? Is it because someone else said that's what I should do? Or is it because I actually want to do it? Okay, chapter 9, Loincloth Man. Uh, Chapter 9 was a great example of a funny story. Uh, Basically, the author went into the uh, desert, uh, was hiking in Utah with friends, uh, came across a strange person who was wearing nothing but a loincloth. Now, this guy was happy. He didn't need society. He didn't need to be around other people. He was happy the way he was. And that's very important because society sets sometimes expectations, but, you know, you're the one who has to live in them. So if you want to go live and, you know, are fine living in a yurt somewhere, and that's all you need, you know, to craft supplies and trade for food and money and resources or whatever you need, maybe that's all you need in life. But some people, they want to achieve really big things and have really big dreams. So Loincloth Man is a perfect example of live with what you want. You know, loincloth man decided he didn't want to live in society, but he still had friends. He still talked to people. He still got out there, but he just didn't want to be making money in the same way you know, that we do. Maybe he just was happy living in a cave and living that way. Okay, chapter 10. Okay, so this is part three, how to tap into the mother load. The mother load, a.k.a. the universe or spiritual power, whatever you want to call it. Alright, so chapter 10 is Meditation 101. Obviously, you've probably heard about the benefits of meditation by now. So let me just say, meditation is good. I try to practice it. I do think it helps. Um, Maybe not in the same way that we all think. But I think that just trying, the act of trying to meditate, 
is really helpful because eventually you will learn how to meditate. And learning to meditate, like I said, it does relax you, it does lower your blood pressure, it does help with anxieties and insecurities. Having a mantra to say every day is really important. So meditation, try it. Chapter 11, your brain is your bitch. Again, really important here to know is that your brain is just you and you control how you react and act to everything. So you need to be in control. You need to be the one that decides when to do things, not letting your anxieties and fears control how you react to things. Like I said, I'm starting a new job right now. If I, you know, let my anxieties and insecurities about this job overwhelm me, I'm not going to be doing good, very good at my job. But if I go in there and say, you know, I'm going to go in with a great attitude, positivity, I'm going to go in, I'm going to love it, you know, like I make my brain, you know, react appropriately, I can learn. Okay, chapter 12, lead with your crotch. Again, funny story of, you know, like, again, talking about soulmates and different stuff. I'm going to skip that one for now. Chapter 13, give and let give. Of course, another thing that I think most people don't realize is that giving is also just as therapeutic as receiving. So it's important in life to give gifts. Um, This is why people in our culture used to send thank you cards back in the day. Uh, it's very important that when you are growing and learning to grow as a person, that you know you need to recognize recognize what is good for you, and is good for other people. And sometimes what is good for you is giving. So remember that when you give to a charity, note how good you feel. Or when you give a gift to a close friend, note their reaction. Sometimes that's almost as good as getting something yourself. Okay, chapter fourteen: gratitude, the gateway drug to awesomeness. So being grateful for everything is very important too. Um, now I'm not saying you got to go through life being always fake smile, pretending to be happy when you're not. Uh, gratitude is just saying you're thankful for the opportunity or whatever lesson you're learning. So, you know, you can look at life in one or two ways. You get up late for work, you have a flat tire, you miss a meeting. Okay, that would suck. Obviously, you might get in trouble. Um, but maybe it teaches you a life lesson. Maybe you get to spend more time learning how to change a tire, uh, which is a skill you don't have before, uh, which will come in handy the next time that happens. Or maybe you could look at it like this, which is kind of dark, but you know, like you could look at it as, you know, maybe I wasn't meant to be at that meeting at that particular time because I could have gotten hit in a car accident or I could have you know, a bus could have just hit me, or, you know, there's a million different things you got to look at it, like, life is just opportunities and things that happen to you, so being grateful for life and saying you're alive every day is really important, uh, forgive or fester, um, that's chapter 15, again, really important, um, learning to forgive someone is the most powerful force, one of the most powerful forces of the universe, if you don't forgive people, it's just going to fester and bother you forever. This is important, especially with close relationships. You know, maybe you don't get along with your significant other or your family or whoever. You know, your roommate. It could be very important to forgive them because if you don't, you're just going to eventually damage the relationship with that person. Um, chapter sixteen: Loosen your bone, Wilma. Okay, control. You know, control freaks out there know that. You know, this is one of the most exhausting measures that a person can do. But being in charge of everything, saying you have to be the one to 
to clean. Like, it would be like hiring a housekeeper and then telling the housekeeper individually how to do their job and clean. You won't get anything else done if you're micromanaging what the housekeeper is paid to do. So let them do their job, and if they make a mistake, you tell them. It's part of holding people accountable. Okay, so now we're on part four, almost done here. How to get over your BS already. Chapter 17, it's so easy once you figure out it isn't hard. I think this is one of those oxymoronic titles for a chapter because it's very ironic that you know life is so easy to figure out when it's not. But when you do figure it out, it is easy. And that is essentially the, the gist of the chapter. Chapter 18, procrastination, perfection, and a Polish beer garden. Again, you have one of those funny stories, but we learn sort of about timing and time management in this chapter. Again, time management, very important skill to have in life, something that I'm learning to work on every day. Uh, So why is procrastination and perfection and a Polish beer garden story relevant? Uh, Well, because you kind of work to whatever timetable you have in life. And I think that's also very important. Say you got a job and you got to write a book within three months, okay? You will get that done you know, you'll probably come to the table and have a book written in three months. But say you give yourself a year to write the same book. Are you going to wait and do it throughout the year? Probably. So sometimes putting pressure on us, you know, although taking too much on at once can be a bad thing, but saying to yourself realistically, you know, I have three months to complete what I want and being reasonable about it and not putting it off to the last minute, uh, you know, it can be a very good timing and management skill that's necessary uh you know the maybe sometimes you can look at it as as the deadline gets closer you're going to have a fire under you that's going to help you get closer to finishing it but you need at least some time to finish it so just remember that whatever project you're doing or working on you know having a deadline can be very awesome too uh chapter 19 the drama of overwhelm this is also true getting caught up in other people's drama and problems. I can't tell you that, you know, I don't do this myself, but I'm an empathetic person. I often get caught up when someone else is sad or in someone else in my friend group is having a problem and I try to help them. This is problematic because instead of focusing on yourself, you're getting caught up in a million other things that are going on in someone else's lives that are not relevant to your goals. And I'm not saying completely ignore your friends when they're having a life crisis or something. But I'm just trying to say that there are going to be people who are drama-prone, who have drama all the time, and you have to look at it this way. Don't let them overwhelm your life with their drama. Maybe talk to them, maybe be friends with them, but don't give them that inch to complain all the time. And if they are complaining all the time, we'll come to that later. Okay, Fears for Suckers, Chapter 20. Again, very true. Uh, Again, easier said than done, but fear is the type of deal where if you're afraid to do something, you might put it off forever. And as a result, you'll always be left with wondering, what if? So what if I never learned how to ride a bike or, you know, dive in the swimming pool or, you know, do things like that that require, you know, a bit of trust in order to get going? You know, like it's it's sort of like faith, like knowing you're going to dive in the water and be okay. You have faith knowing that it will be all right but you have to trust your instincts and fight that. Okay, Millions of Mirrors, chapter 21. So, Millions of Mirrors, again, 
we see ourselves very often in each other. And when we look at each other, we often see what we don't like. So rather than being picky or saying, hey, you know, I'm mad at this person always chronically being late. Maybe you might want to ask yourself, why am I mad at this person for being late? Is there some other bigger issue at play? So just remember, reflect, and always look in at yourself and ask what's going on. Chapter 22, The Sweet Life. Probably the most important goal, or I should say topic of this book, is setting a goal, setting a dream, setting something that you want to achieve, and then actually write down how you want to achieve it. And, you know, the goal, I guess, is probably the most important thing because that's what's motivating you every day. So without finding something that doesn't... If you don't find something that motivates you and you're just doing it because you think it's what's expected of you, you're never going to truly enjoy it. So instead of sitting through life, maybe take time to think about what you actually want to do in your life and then write a concrete way of going about doing it. Okay, and our last part, part five, how to kick some ass. Chapter 23, the almighty decision. Again, make that first step. That's probably going to be the hardest one, but that's the step. It might be to buy that plane ticket to you know go traveling on your own for the first time. It could be a million things, but make that first step. Chapter 24, money, your new best friend. The author raises a very good point. I think most of us has a very complicated relationship with money based on society, religion, based on your uh, family, friend, relationships. That all affects money. Because money, to some people, is considered the root of all evil. Uh, but again, and this author makes a fantastic point of saying, maybe instead of being so afraid of what money can do for you, maybe you should understand that you know, money gives you power and a sense of opportunities to do new things. So instead of looking at it this way, you know, instead of saying, you know, I'm chronically broke and I am always worried about the next paycheck coming in, maybe say, well, you know, I deserve a raise and ask for it because you work hard. And what is asking for a raise going to do? It might give you a better cost of living and that might give you another opportunity. So instead of saying, you know, I've been at this job for a long time and I am comfortable with the salary I'm at. Maybe I need to get my, you know, big boy pants on, go march into my boss and say, hey, I've been working at this company for 20 years. I deserve an extra raise or I deserve something else. Okay. Now there's a right way or a wrong way of doing that, but having an honest conversation with your employer about increasing your wage is important. Okay. Chapter 25. Remember to surrender. Um, just remember, you can't control everything, so remember to surrender your control over the universe. Again, can't micromanage everything, can't control what happens. I can't control, for instance, that there's a pandemic right now preventing all travel. But what I can do is I can say, for my specific example, is let's say I want to teach English in Japan, like I've said before, um, I could still take concrete steps towards that goal. I don't have to go to Japan right now when there's a pandemic. I could study and learn Japanese right now as a first step. Or I could even, uh, you know, take and complete teaching certificates right now. It's not all one or nothing. Okay. Doing versus spewing chapter 26. Again, the biggest difference between successful people and not successful people is the people who are successful do. The people who are not successful talk about doing. Enough said. Okay, chapter 27, Beam Me Up, Scotty. 
Again, the funny story relates to the ending of the book, but how important it is to just, again, surrender yourself to you know, how life happens and just say you can't control everything, but you learn from everything. And then that's basically it. That's the whole book. It's uh, only about 245 pages long. It has some great resources for other books that are self-help in here, talking about what inspired the author. Um, now, let's get down to what I thought about it, and most importantly, what I disagree with in this book. Okay, so now we come to the interesting part of the story. I like self-help books, but I don't think it's realistic sometimes. Telling someone, for instance, to believe and not have faith, or to believe and have faith in something, like uh, going and being an actor, is great in theory. And those people are probably going to want to achieve their dreams, okay? But not everyone is cut out to be an actor. And I think the author is inspiring in the sense that, yes, you do need to believe you are confident in order to get the job. You know, fake it till you make it. But not everyone is going to make it. Okay, some people aren't cut out for it, you know? And the difference between successful and not successful people, again, is the people who keep trying. But again, I'm a realist. I see things in terms of, you know, I only have so much time to be able to do this. You know, like, for instance, being a teacher um, or learning to be a teacher and teaching in Japan is something that I've been interested in. I know I have a limited amount of time before I'll be too old to probably go do that. That's a perfect example of, you know, you have to be realistic. You know, I can't be 80 years old and doing that. You know, I have to learn, you know, sometimes the hard way, you know, what life's choices are about. You know, you only have so much time on the planet, and if you spend half the time, yes, worrying, like I do, you're not going to get where you want to go. So, um, again, this is just to people who are, you know, afraid. I understand you have a fear of failure, like I do, or maybe a fear of change, or maybe millions of different fears that we all have as human beings. But I'm just saying to you, keep an open mind. Remember that you can change and that you can do better and that life does get better. Um, I believe that at least. I've, I've had a really sort of difficult year, but now I'm starting to get back on track, as I've said. I just want it to be known that you know a lot of the things the author says can be sort of hard to, to swallow for most people. Because, like I said... At the end of the day, the only person who can make the right choice is you. And giving people the tools they need to work on their goals is fantastic. But again, sometimes you're just going to come across someone who can't achieve what they want to achieve. And then they're going to get really depressed because maybe they tried and failed at it. But if you are, like as this author says, get up and pick yourself up and do it again and you're determined, you will succeed. Um, she lists examples like, you know, Michael Jordan, who were cut from their basketball team, his basketball team, or Steven Spielberg, who got cut from film school. These are important examples to show that, yeah, these people were down and out, but then they got back up and went back to it. And maybe that's you. I don't know. But I just look at it from kind of a half glass full, half glass empty perspective. But I do believe in a lot that she says. I do believe that if you do surrender to life and just let things happen naturally instead of forcing them, the universe will respond accordingly. You know, I'm not saying don't study for an exam or don't, you know, go to work, you know, like do those things, but just be yourself. And eventually, 
you know, the life will work itself out. And uh, anyway, that's how I feel about the author. I just feel like uh, it's a little much to swallow sometimes, but I did enjoy the book. I gave it a three out of five. And again, if you're interested in learning more about self-help books, you can definitely find that on the internet. Um, if you are interested in learning more about me or my channel, please be sure be sure to subscribe and share with this podcast with a friend. Um, I enjoy talking to you guys. I like seeing where you're from. Please reach out to me. Um, you can always reach out to me on my email, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, 16 at yahoo.com. Thank you.